Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside programme with Kiri Kermud and Simon Clark. And TT messages, because it's just about round the corner, and many corners for the TT. <laughs> but uh, you went along to the Conquerfields farm. This is it, to speak to Fiona and Brian Brumby. Uh, they've diversified their farm now in, into all things to do with TT and embrace what's going on past their farm gate. And the campsite seems to be a great success, but it's also there's burger vans and all sorts there now, so people can enjoy a real great day there watching the bikes. Yeah, and one thing, if, if they're running something like that, it, it's, you've got the chance to explain to them and listen. You know, we're letting you all this don't be stand on there, don't leave the gates open because, you know, it can have catastrophic uh, you know, consequences and things like that. So drilled in and drilled in. And they're one thing that they push forward with that with the people that are staying there. So we got a nice piece on that. I went to the Ballavart and Equestrian Centre. Not to see horses, uh, Kerry. I went along because the Isle of Man Canine Society had their dog show there in the big arena. It was a long day for one and all, but uh, there was lots of uh, people taking part in it, lots of dogs and different breeds. And uh, a judge from uh, from the UK was over as well, so I got a chat with some of the people organising it and uh, the people who won some of the prizes and the judge as well, so that's a good one. But I do believe that you took part in it. Uh, not personally. <laughs> Call me an old dog. <laughs> Our pet might have had a run out for the first time, but oh. did all right. And uh, also, uh, of course, silage time. The silage have started on some farms. So it's been a bit drier up the north. Um, and I went along to speak to Barry Cowan from Ballaturson Farm in Blaff to find out uh, if they'd started their silage yet. And also, uh, of course, being one of the big dairy farmers on the Isle of Man, find out how the, how the dairy industry is uh, going at the present moment. So here it is, all in this week's countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. I took a trip to Ballaturson Farm in Balaf to have a word with Barry Cowan about, amongst many things, the state of the dairy industry on the Isle of Man at the present time and how things were going on his farm with the dairy side of things with the robotic milking system that they installed a few years ago now. But first of all, it's silage time on lots of farms on the Isle of Man. And I firstly asked Barry how things were going on the silage front. Well, Barry, first of all, we're in the, the cow shed here and uh, I can see this a bit of grass there, but I've not started the main silage yet. No, not yet. want to get on with it pretty soon because uh, we're on a relatively dry farm and you have benefits and pluses and minuses through the winter time we can get on the ground even on the wettest days but in the dry weather the, the dry spell that we've been having lately the grass is starting to burn up now in the shale areas and so we want to get on with it pretty soon. Has it held you back the, the weather this year or is it about normal the time for you doing it? No we're pretty much on top of everything I got the whole crop in the end of April which is usually about right time ground conditions were dry as where uh, everybody else is as well I think crops are looking looking okay but desperately short of some water to try and uh, feed the grain now to uh, produce the, the seeds so We'll have to wait and see. Other people obviously have, have done the first cuts of silage already. Um, is that just because it's more suited to your farm, being slightly later than some maybe? Usually between the 19th and the 25th of May. We're always around that time of year anyway. Mm. But like I say, go for the quality crop and pray for rain after that and we get a second growth and uh, get second cut as well. How long does it take 
to do the silage on your farm um, if you get a good run through without any yeah any, any breakdowns, breakdowns or weather conditions but we probably spend a day day and a half mowing we'll drop it all we've got 90 acres this year usually yeah, a day and a half after that to uh, pick it up and go from there what about the process of silage making now i suppose it's been more or less the same technique as as many years yes it is you mow it and then uh, when you, you see then what the condition of the grass is whether it needs to be wilted a lot longer or you scatter it around to dry it out but won't need drying out this year because there's, there's no mo- not a lot of moisture in the grass as it is so uh, and then you pick it up with a we have a contractor that comes in self-propelled forager blows it into the trailers trailers bring home into the clamp clamp it and roll it and roll it and roll it get as much air out of it as possible and sheet it up and hopefully fingers crossed pray for uh, good silage for the winter and I suppose it's like you know the old people talk about the mill day when everyone chipped in and helped round. I yeah. suppose silage on the farm is a bit like that isn't it oh I we've had drivers here in the past we didn't even know they existed <laughs> <laughs> even I've got my son now he's itching to uh, get involved again because he, he helped last year for the first time carting in so uh, yeah he's, he's itching to get going turn around i can see uh, cows in front of us here now and you're i think probably the only one now on the island man with the robotic milking system still we are yeah yeah we'll be 12 years in in august wow i don't know where that 12 years has gone are you still glad you made that decision now oh without a doubt yeah without a doubt i mean yes you do get problems and you you get good days and bad days but quality of life for the cows and milk quality as well. I mean, when I first worked it out, after the first year that we'd moved into here, we'd gone from around about seven, seven and a half thousand litre average for the cows. We'd gone up to ten and a half. That much? That much. And looking back just yesterday, actually, between November and currently at the moment, we're running at 11.3. Yeah, and they're averaging three times a day milking. They look well, plenty of condition on them. They get out for six or eight hours in the morning and then we bring them back in again with zero grazing since about the middle of March. So yeah, well, what's the zero grazing, just to explain that? It's uh, like a, a mower, twin disc mower, and it has a shoot like a conventional forage harvester. And uh, direct cut straight through the mower up the chute into the silage trailer and then bring the silage trailer home and then we tip it in the feed passage and then uh, push it to either side of the feed passage and they've got that then for the rest of the night till tomorrow morning till they go out. So it's just sort of a way of keeping them going before you're ready for the main cut? Yeah, well, all being well, the second growth after first cut silage will be zero grazing right through to we have been uh, right through to November sometimes, right. yeah, depending depending whether there's grass there or not. Also, by going longer, that way you may have the cows in end of September, October time, but uh, we can, rather than take the cows to the grass, we can bring the grass to the cows quicker than with being on the robotic system. A bit difficult to get the cows across the road nowadays <laughs> and have access to the robots as well, so... 
it works all right for us. What about the milk industry in general? Farmers always want more from stuff, but you seem happy enough, and the cows do. Well, I mean, is there any changes afoot? Any new things happening in the milk industry? Not that I'm aware of, really. Not major changes. Just they're just looking for uh, answers now on uh, quality of grass assurance that might bring in an extra bit of money for the creamery anyway to start with for an extra premium for their cheese if it's fed on the cows are fed on grass more is this a european or worldwide i'm not too sure actually i, I know it's the creamery yeah. anyway that are pushing for it because i think it's a lot of it is led from their buyers from the u.s as right. well so uh, got a fair distance of, of market then well yeah it's all pence in the pocket at the end of the day <laughs> and that's one thing that's been popular isn't it the manx cheeses yeah very much so they're quality cheeses too they've gone away from the uh, the old style of just oh, oh we'll just make a batch of cheddar and send it sell it where we can do but no they, they seem to have got their uh, their markets and buyers quite well now yeah and what about the the grass side of things if you they're going to look at the how many hours the fed on grass and things would that be a difficult thing to achieve for a lot of dairy farmers or not no i don't think so not on the isle of man like i say we're on a relatively dry farm where you'll have other guys other producers that will be on wet farms but this dry spell will have really suited them right right down to the ground and grass grass is at the end of the day your cheapest feed you can give to cows so all in all, seem fairly happy with it all. Yeah, like I said, I would like a bit more, but <laughs> you've got to take what's going anyway. So uh, I'm happy enough, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll be here for a few years yet. New robots unplanned? No, not at the moment. <laughs> not, not at the moment, not at the cost. Milk goes up to about 40p a litre, then, yeah, we could be thinking of things that down that line. You never know. Never say never. Always be on the positive side. Yeah, Glass is always half full. <laughs> Barry Cowan from Ballaturson in Balaf telling me about the dairy industry at the moment and uh, silage before that. And it's uh, interesting that, you know, it's just a great ambassador, Barry and his father, Edgar, and, and all their family balloturson there they're so positive about you know the milk industry even though things are a little bit tight you know and and things like that but you know they've that, embraced that done it all their life and that's what they're going to do that's it and they've certainly embraced the modern technology involved with dairy industry as well and and to make life simpler and easier but more efficient and uh, they've definitely been the, the leaders in that front of it yeah, all. and moaning about being a bit dry up the north even the the rain we've had it's just only scattered the surface a bit put a bit of green on the grass as it was isn't it yeah i guess the crops will be a little bit uh, less than the usual for this time of year but uh, all being well it'll be a good summer ahead of us and get good crops towards the end of june maybe yeah and we're hoping for a good tt fortnight ahead of us as well and of course lots of farms are around the tt course aren't they and they've got to do different things some have uh, changed what they do some have got accommodation of the tt of course campsites and things like that and you popped along to balakalingan farm in uh, in Lazare. That's right at uh, Fiona and Brian Brumby's farm, a big dairy farm once but uh, with the not so much the hassle of TT but the the troubles that come along with it, having to get the silage done before the fortnight and having to hope for good weather but also 
they're embraced the idea of having the TT visitors and they're using the campsite now as one of their main incomes. So I spoke to Fiona about the operation there at Silly Moos. Luckily, we've always loved motorbike racing. We're both bikers, myself and Brian. That helped, I think. And we just had to work around it. We always had to do our first cut before the TT, or otherwise it would have to wait till after. First cut size with high-yielding dairy cows is critical the time you cut it. So, to be fair, the TT did sometimes ruin our cows' food, (laughs) and there was no choice. (laughs) We would not put size trailers on the road in practice week. So it was either do it before or after. So it did have a major effect. And we also farmed both sides of the course. So once, obviously, the road shut for racing, we can't access a third of the farm. And so the TT's always had a major impact on the business. So I guess that's why it came to the, the campsite and embracing the TT then, really. Yes, I think it was obvious, you know, we're on the course There was a shortage of accommodation on the island for the visitors at TT. Uh, We had a nice flat field. We had buildings we could sort of use for the campsite. Yes, so it seemed obvious to start a campsite. Because I suppose these buildings in the summertime would be empty with the dairy cows all gone out to grass. So it's it's utilising it really, isn't it? Yes, the thing that I find really satisfying now is that our buildings are used all year. Because in winter they house cattle or they're part of the dairy... um, where the milk's stored, and in summer they're used by our campers as a leisure barn, also as an area to wash in, and, and all our buildings have multi-purpose now, which is great. You still have a lot of nice dairy cows running around here, though. You know, you've, you're still a really active farm. Yes, yeah, so at any time uh, of the year, we've always got about 200 cattle on the farm, so we're still a very active farm. There's always farming jobs to do. This morning I've been castrating calves, <laughs> moving cattle, at the same time as ferrying some campers to the airport and generally answering queries regarding TT. So yes, it's pretty full on all the time. And on the run up to TT, obviously you'll have to move the, the cows from beside the road. How do you manage with the fencing and obviously bike fans wanting to get the best vantage point? Can it be a bit difficult for you? It can be difficult. One of the places people like to watch TT is the K-tree, which is on the side of the course where we sometimes have to have stock particularly if it's been a wet spring. We try and get them away from the course, but you can't always. And we have had bulls in there in the past. We've had very friendly cows who've taken bikers' hats off. And, <laughs> but the bikers quite enjoy it if it's a friendly cow. But yeah, it, it is quite a problem having stock along the course. And fences are a big worry. We always double-check everything. Everything's locked. Yeah, it's a big worry. But I guess here at Atlas Air, it is, it's a lovely place. It is one of the, the most known spots on the TT course, the Conquer Trees. But you've got every single facility here now for them. You've, you've totally taken it on board. You've got Wi-Fi, you've got indoor area, you've got children's play areas. You know, where does it stop? Yeah, every year we come up with something else to do for the campers. And it, and it is exciting, really. Every year we try to make it better for them. A drying room now where they can dry their leathers when they get soaking wet, which, knowing our climate on the island, is quite frequent. Uh, we've even put in styles where they can climb from one field to the other to watch the racing. So we do try and make life as easy as possible for them. So it's going to be a busy fortnight then? Yes, uh, it's manic. We love every minute of it, the banter, just the general sociability. As you know, farming is quite a solitary occupation. When we are milking cows, you only see your AI man, your milk tanker driver. Don't see many people, the vet. Whereas now, yeah, I'm dealing with hundreds of bikers who are great fun. And yeah, it's, it's really, really social, which is great. But it is more than a fortnight though, really, isn't it? By the time you've, they've all arrived and gone home again. Yes, for us, it's a month. 
Our first uh, TT bikers come in today, Sunday, a week before practice. The last ones won't leave till the week after senior race day, and mainly because of the lack of ferries and, and they have to stay on the island. So yeah, it's a, it's a month of, of the year is taken up with TT. But obviously it's a great form of diversification for the farm. It, it will certainly help now that agriculture isn't maybe as good as it maybe could be. Yes, it's definitely another income stream for the farm, which is great. And it makes life more interesting at the end of the day, particularly when Bruce Anstey broke down at the top of our drive. And I did offer him to come for a shower, but unfortunately <laughs> he refused. The road racing does add a huge dimension to the business, and it's great fun. One thing that's happened several years is that um, we have cows calving in a field adjacent to the TT course. And uh, the marshals, particularly the chief marshal of this area, Jeff, has helped us on several occasions carve cows. And that's the great thing about the TT. The marshals are all volunteers, but, you know, they jump in, help us carve a cow. Sometimes we've run out of baps in our catering, which is the other side of the course. And between races, you know, we've been able to get food across. And, you know, they are great, the marshals. They really do support. That was Fiona Brumby from Bollocklingham Farm in Lazare. <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, the dog agility items and uh, dog shows are pretty popular on the Isle of Man. We don't get the chance to go to too many, but I took the opportunity to go to Balavarton Farm in Santon, usually the home of equestrian events. But the dog show was on there, and I thought, well, I'd take the opportunity to go and speak to some of the people who were showing their dogs off. I didn't realise there were so many breeds on the Isle of Man. And also to some of the people who won the prizes and the judges and organisers of the event as well. Well, Secretary of the Isle of Man Canine Society, Melanie Smith, it's been a long day but a very successful one to look at it. It has been a very successful day. We have, we've had a, a brilliant day. We had um, a very good entry to start with of 93 pedigree dogs. Really? Which is excellent. Most people have turned up. The weather has been very kind to us because last year it absolutely bucketed it down. So it's been a very nice show today. Yeah, you wouldn't think there's so, so many breeds really. You see them on telly, but you wouldn't. You think on an Isle of Man sort of show there might be a couple of collies and a couple of Labradors, but it's far from it, isn't it? The Isle of Man, for the size of the island, has an amazing array of different breeds of dogs. Sadly, some of them don't get shown because people aren't interested in showing them. But um, even on a, coming, walking around Douglas on an evening, you'll see many, many different breeds of dogs. Do you ever stop any of them and say, hey, wouldn't you mind coming and Occasionally we do, yes. Um, we have advertised in the paper before now, asking people if they would like to show their dogs. There is training available twice, three times a week at different clubs. So you, you don't have to just turn up and, and be a novice. You can train beforehand so you know exactly what you're doing on the day. And how long have you been involved? I was treasurer for about 10 years and now I've been secretary for four years. But the society itself has been going for 131 years. Really? Yes. And they've had shows on the Isle of Man all that time? All that time, yes, apart from during the World Wars. And what about, um, obviously, some of them have been competed at highest level at, at Crufts, you know, the, uh, that have been in here today even, yes, uh, isn't it? Yes. And, and has that always been the case, that people have gone off island, or is it a relatively no, modern no, thing? No, no, it's a relatively modern thing. Um, obviously, transport links have improved. Um, you can drive around England a lot easier. Um, and people, are, instead of breeding their own dogs, are buying dogs from England. 
and then they like to take them back to England to show them. But, but people also go further afield, they go to Ireland, to Dublin and Gibraltar and occasionally even to Europe. Is, is, is there many like pedigree bred on the Isle of Man? There is, in certain breeds, yes, yes. Quite a nice thing that some of it can be kept on the island. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking for a more unusual breed, you would have to go to England or further afield to get a puppy. Is it as popular as it was? At the moment, the numbers are holding up. Some breeds have changed over the years. There used to be a lot more whippets, a lot more German Shepherd dogs, uh, Cocker Spaniels. But now there's more Labradors and other gun dogs and terriers. Yeah, and there's all sorts of classes, I suppose, as well for dogs, isn't it? You see it in different shows, different areas, agility size, the, yeah. the toy dogs, the working dogs. There's yeah. something for everyone. There's something for every, everyone and every breed of dog. Yeah, yes. If anyone wants to get involved with the Alaman Canine Society, how do they do that? We have a Facebook page, so if you'd like to find us on there, and that's the easiest way to get in contact with us. Barbara Wagger, congratulations, you've come away with the best in show, well done. Thank you very much Simon, yes, and very unexpected. Us, tell us a little about uh, your dog. Well, she's an Afghan hand, she's two and a half years old, she's an import from France, she's the first Afghan that I've um, had and she's done really well for me. Yeah, and how long have you had her? We picked her up in the January of 2015, she got a junior warrant as well, going to England. It's hard work getting the junior warrants. Is it hard to pick one that you think would be good or is it potluck? Yes, it is. I didn't have a choice of picking her, no. She was given to me, that was mine and that was this, yeah. But, but sometimes when there's litters and things, can you have a look around and think, hmm, or is it just impossible to tell at that age? Well, you know, good breeders can tell a good one, but I've never bred. They've always been given to me. Well, you go away to some of the big shows and, oh, yes. and the biggest ones, Crufts. Yeah, I didn't go to Crufts this year because we had a new puppy. So um, we weren't able to go. Um, winning the, the like supreme champion or best in show in the Isle of Man Canine Society show is it still a, a big honour? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah there's uh, you know there's lots of dogs, good dogs on the island now. Yeah, and there's a lot of us go away showing. Yeah, yeah, to the champ shows, qualified for Crufts. And how do the Isle of Man dogs usually? They fare? do pretty well. Yeah, the Labradors and the Dalmatian they all do well. And David with his um, Glen. We've all qualified for Crufts again for next year. So you can go away happy from today, certainly. Oh, and yeah, what's yeah. next for you? I'm away at the end of the month. I'm down to um, Midland Afghan show and then we're down to Bath Champion Show. So that'll be the first time the puppy will be out. I'll have my best in show with me as well. So, yeah. Just half an hour's preparation before you show the dogs now? Well, we got to Bath. We, we bath Afghans every week. I bathed her yesterday and then brushed her up when we got here, which took me about 20 minutes maybe. So it's not too bad if you're looking after them constantly? No, no, you've got to keep on top. Okay. Yeah. All right, well done today anyway. Thank you very much, Simon, thank you. Well, the judge today at the Isle of Man Canine Society show, Camel Clark O'Neill. How many times have you been on the Isle of Man? This is my first visit. Is it? Yeah. What have you thought about it? It's a lovely island, absolutely lovely. I've really liked it. Obviously, I've, I've only flown in last night and we're at the dog show today beautiful equestrian centre maybe have a little look around later mm. before we go home tomorrow now how did you get roped into this obviously you're heavily involved with it uh, where you're from Liverpool yeah and are you heavily involved in the dogs right yes yes yeah. <laughs> tell us about that then I started off horses competition wise as a child um, later on when my own kids were going to uni and stuff I'd started with a dog so I graduated from the horse show to a dog show and all of a sudden dogs took over you kind of start showing for a couple of years and then you know 
a bit of interest to I can do a bit of judging or should I you you know learn about your own breed and you know, you want to you want to know that what you're breeding is is you know what the breed standard is actually entailing so that's kind of the the avenue I came into it uh, have you kept with the same breeds yes my own breeds the same breed which uh, is that Kerry Blue Terriers right they're quite I wouldn't say hard to keep up but there's quite a lot of grooming involved with them a lot of scissor work a lot of coats I think they have more haircuts than what I do preparation is a lot to do on them to actually show them there's not a lot out currently showing I think the work in terriers in general you know kind of trying to encourage people into them is it hard not to when you're judging a show like this is it hard not to take into consideration how much work certain dogs need compared to others well it's the aspects of everything I think coming from a horse background I like movement if they're constructed correctly they'll move correctly obviously looking for something as near to breed standard as, as what you can and then obviously you're looking at the big picture of it all the turn out of everything presentation the way they're handled it's an amalgamation of everything on the day even the best dog sometimes if it doesn't want to show it's not going to show on the day so you kind of have to take all of that into consideration yeah is that why um, it's such a surprise sometimes when other dogs win because the judge thinks well it's a lovely dog but it's not behaved itself and it's part of it yes I, I would say so you know with all the best will in the world it can be an absolutely beautiful specimen but if it doesn't want to do what it's asked on the day it sometimes happens you know as a handler you have to accept that that sometimes does take place you know we all do take the best dogs home sometimes like us they have a bad day we all strive to get the perfection of what we're doing we have good days and we have bad days yeah, well, obviously, you've showed dogs for many years, as, yeah. as well as judging here today. Yeah. And which is the more nerve-wracking? <laughs> do, do you quite like the judging side? I don't mind the judging side. I, I like, I love it, especially if you've seen something when it's young and you've placed it highly and you've followed its progress in years to come. I think that's really satisfactory that mm. they've gone on to do something further in the breed. Um, you know, often made champions and, and stuff. That's it's nice to know that what you've initially seen has followed through with other judges' opinions. That that's a nice side, I, I would think. Yeah. And what about the the standard of dogs in the Isle of Man? There's quite a few today, and I never realised there's so many breeds here in the Isle of Man. No. Do you know what? At the final best in show ring, we had a beautiful selection. We really did. It could have gone to quite a few. I was spoilt for choice today, I think. Well, we enjoyed having you here on the Isle of Man and it's been much appreciated by everyone here today because it's been a long day, but I think a yeah. satisfying day for most who have come. Some have come away, some have come away, but there's another yeah. show next time, isn't there? There is, there is. We all take the best dog home and it's another day tomorrow, you know, for whatever reason, if something didn't perform on one day, they can excel on another. We just have to accept that on the day keep going forward we all enjoy our dogs we love our dogs there we are some other people involved you know long day but very successful day at the isle of man canine society's dog show at balavart and great event it was kiri and uh, very enjoyable as well i bet there was some racket in that shed that day not too bad because they've got rick on the dogs most of the time watching well, one bolt now you know <laughs> yeah but i suppose it depends on the time of the year with them doesn't it you know but uh, very very good it was and well done to everyone involved it seems a, a nice uh, community involved in that not long to the tt uh, it's a busy time for lots of us kiri and also 
people who we heard Fiona and Brian Bunbury there with their with their troubles or their the preparation that you've got to be so careful with at the conquer fields in Lazare there. And there's a lot of farms and farm land adjacent to the course. And that's one thing over the years. I'm not sure if it's got better or not. Uh, more respect where spectators go around and try and find the vantage points and trampling hedges down, leaving gates open. It isn't ideal, is it? No, this is it. And all your rubbish and things, take it with you at the end of the day. The farmers are good enough to move the stock away and let you sit on the hedges, so have a little bit of respect for them. Yeah, and stand, if you have to stand on the wire, stand next to the post, not in the <laughs> middle of the wire, it makes true. it sag. Things like that are so important from the farming world. This is it. Well, I've had me gripe. <laughs> Leave it there. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there we are. Farming, uh, the silage, and also the the state, or how the dairy industry is looking at the present moment. Barry Cowan there from uh, Balaf with a with a great positive outlook for the future, and uh, you know just getting on with it. And uh, nice to hear that. And also the dog show course at Balavarton. Uh, interesting seeing the dogs running around in, in the in the arena there, interesting where you used to seeing horses normally. It's so, great, uh, great form of diversity for the uh, equestrian centre, isn't it? Really, it's but a it's lovely a lovely place, great facility. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, of course the Brumbies at uh, Ballacalingan Farm in Lazare, or where the Conquer Fields are, gearing up for a busy TT fortnight. That's right, they're fully booked already, so mm. it's uh, a waiting list for next year, I hear, as well. So good luck to them. Yeah, we'll leave it there for this week's Countryside. We'll be back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new Super Fast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.